Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented, record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others from the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 8 of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhaus, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we're bringing you some of the backstories of the Indians' 22-game win streak that took place at the tail end of the 2017 season. All this coincides with the radio broadcasts of those games, that are running right now on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network and Indians.com. In just a moment, we'll hear from former Indians closer Cody Allen, but first a quick look back at win number eight of the streak. The Indians were in Detroit after sweeping a three-game series from the Yankees in New York to open an 11-game road trip. After an off day, the Tribe had a doubleheader with the Tigers, and game one featured one of the few close games that took place during the streak. It was a well-pitched game with the starters, Carlos Carrasco and Matthew Boyd, pitching very well deep into the game. And the Indians grabbed the lead in the fourth inning thanks to Gio Urshela. Right-handed hitter, the lefty Boyd, from the stretch delivers. Swung on, line drive to right, and that'll get down for a base hit. Rounding third, heading for home is Geyer. He'll score. And Urshela, with an RBI single, puts the Indians in front, 1-0. Advancing to third on the play is Gomes. And Gio Urshela has his ninth run driven in on the season. After the Tigers tied the game, Edwin Encarnacion put the Indians back in front in the sixth. The pitch. Swung on, blasted. Deep left field. Gone. Edwin Encarnacion hits number 32. And the Indians have taken a 2-1 lead here in the sixth. A bomb to left for Edwin Encarnacion. And his 32 home runs now puts him seventh in the American League in long balls. And he's hitting some big ones here lately. Then with the game tied at two in the top half of the ninth inning, Francisco Lindor came through in a key spot. Infield in the pitch. Lindor with a line try, base hit, center field. He nearly decapitated Shane Green. 
The Indians take a 3-2 lead. And Frankie Lindor blisters a single to center to drive in Jay Bruce. Lindor gets RBI number 67. And the Indians are back on top, 3-2 here in the ninth inning. And in the end, the pen locked it down in the bottom half of the ninth inning. So bases loaded, 3-2 Indians, two down in the Tiger ninth. Cabrera 0 for 4. Smith from the set, the sidewinding right-handers pitch. Swung on line to short, caught by Lindor! Ball game! Well, Cabrera can't hit it any harder. If it's not Ed Lindor, the Tigers win. But the Indians survive in game one on a bases loaded bullet out to the shortstop Frankie Lindor, who in essence won the game for the Indians with a ninth inning RBI single after the pinch hit triple by Jay Bruce. Well, eight in a row for the Indians and it wasn't easy. The Tribe survives in game one by a final score of three to two. Cody Allen earned the win in that game, and he's our guest on this episode of The Streak. Allen was tremendous during those three weeks of play, appearing in 11 of the 22 games. He won two, saved six, and he did not allow a run over those 11 appearances. When we visited with Cody recently, he said he was most impressed with the team's daily preparation during the 22-game stretch. I would say the one thing that probably stands out more than anything from the streak, you know, obviously winning 22 in a row, um, you know, it, it's just, you know, the, the idea of getting to the ballpark and playing another game uh, during a stretch like that is very exciting. But just how good our team was at getting ready for the next game. And, you know, because obviously to win 22 in a row, a lot of guys have to be playing well individually. And so it's easy to kind of get caught up in, in how you're doing and uh, kind of lose sight of getting prepared for the next game. And I felt like we had so many guys, pretty much everybody was just clicking on all cylinders, but they understood that they had to prepare for the next day and go compete. And that was one thing that that club had was the ability to just turn the page and get ready for the next day. And I think that's the only way that you're able to win that many games in a row. And you look at reasons for that. Obviously, the team had great success the year before in 2016, and you have a manager who's been down that road. Are, are those some of the things that maybe combined to to create that atmosphere? Absolutely. I think Tito Tito's message all along, and I think it really started being adapted the year before, but was really just trying to focus on the process. And I think for a couple of years before 2016, we had a lot of guys uh, that had all played together for a long time, and we were really trying to refine that process and figure out what that meant. And I think, you know, with some veteran leadership that got brought in in 2016 with guys like Mike Napoli and Juan Uribe, and then just some individual growth uh, from other guys, I think we really started to figure out what that meant. And, you know, so in 2016, you know, we won the, the 14 games in a row, and then we went on and uh, we, we got deep into the postseason, and, and, uh, and, and we grew a lot as a club. And then in 17, you know, kind of had almost the same exact club. And I think we really, really knew what it meant to have a really, really good process and just really focus on the process of getting ready to play, of getting ready to go compete as a ball club, not 
focusing on, you know, kind of the results of the previous day or even what's going on in game, but you're just trying to focus on the, the process that you have individually and you have as a club to just try and go win a baseball game. And we got really, really good at that for those couple of years. And that all stemmed from, from Tito and some of that veteran leadership uh, kind of helping that core of players that had been there a while kind of refine that and, and figure out what that really meant. And it's interesting because the, the first half of that season was, was just okay. In fact, um, there was a stretch just after the All-Star break where the team was only three games over 500. obviously played unbelievable baseball the rest of the way to, to finish with more than 100 wins. What do you think the difference was first half, second half of, of that season? You know what? That's a good question. And, I, you know, most of the, 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 the good teams that we had there, uh, we were never really, you know, we never came out of the gate just really hot. You know, we were always just kind of ho-hum, you know, especially through April and even into mid-May. Uh, and it was funny, the conversations that we would have as a team in 17, where, you know, there was there was definitely urgency there, even though we weren't playing particularly well, there was a lot of urgency to kind of get going because we had always said, and I remember the conversations we'd have in 17 was we can't bank on winning 14 games in a row like we did last year. We just can't bank on doing that. So we got to learn how to just win series and keep going. And then, you know, we go and win 22 in a row. So, you know, kind of proved all of ourselves wrong in that aspect. Um, but yeah, we, we, I think that was just kind of the staple of some of Tito's teams there. Those years is we, we were just a second half club. And I think that's a big hats off to, to the starting rotation that we had and the horses that, that we had with those teams, because if you look around baseball, the, the, the teams that have the horses, they can turn it on in the second half. Pitching kind of takes over, and those guys that, that built up the, those five spots in the rotation, they, those guys were all horses, and they, they would carry us through those later months of the season. Former Indians closer Cody Allen joining us. Still the uh, Tribe's franchise career leader in saves, 149 saves in an Indians uniform. And six of those came during the streak. So let's get, get to the specifics of the streak. You appeared in half the games, 11 of the 22. But it, it never seemed like the bullpen was particularly stressed during that streak to, to try and go chase wins to, to keep a streak going. Did you feel that way? Absolutely. You know, and it was kind of the same way the year before when we won 14 in a row where, uh, like I said, the, those guys in the rotation, they just – they're horses, you know, they were giving you seven a night. And then when you got a lineup that, that had the bats that we had, you can get a lot of separation early and the bullpen can almost kind of shut it down a little bit. Uh, but our starting rotation, those guys, they went out there every single day and they just pitched outstanding baseball. And so you took all the pressure off the bullpen. Um, and so when, when there were games during the streak or even in the later uh, latter half of the season going into the playoff, the, the guys down there in the bullpen were, were pretty fresh and ready to go because the uh, the starting rotation had definitely picked up the, the bulk of the workload. In looking back at, at the last two games, you were involved in both, and we'll get to the win number 22 and its dramatics in a moment, but uh, the day before, win number 21 to surpass Oakland as the American League uh, record holder for win streaks, uh, you get the save – and if I remember correctly, it was a Thursday afternoon against the Tigers and a really good crowd for a midweek day game. I think people were really jumping on board. Do you remember much about that game or is it really all all on that last one? 
you know, some of it's kind of a blur, but uh, I do remember Lonnie Chisholm making a diving catch to end the game. Um, but I, but the one thing I do remember is it, it didn't matter who was catching at that time, whether we were Burrow or, or Jan, uh, it just seemed like we were all so fluid and it just, it just seemed to gel really, really well. Um, uh, and we were always on the same page and I guess that's kind of what happens when, when things are going really, really well, you, you just kind of go out there and play baseball. You forget about every, all the noise and you forget about, you know, everything you're working on or stuff that's going on at home. You just, you just kind of go out there and you play the game and um, and we watched some outstanding baseball played for, I mean, over a month. And um, and yeah, but the one thing I do remember is is, is Lonnie sliding and, and catching that ball. And normally at the end of the game, you know, the closer gets the ball. But uh, I think Lonnie stuck that one in his back pocket. <laughs> so so that that ends win number 21. And, and you come back the next night and you get the win. You were on the mound in the top half of the 10th inning. After dramatics in the bottom half of the ninth inning to keep it going, uh, tell us about what you were were keying in on in the ninth inning with the Indians trailing, and if you really thought that you'd have an opportunity to get out there at some point. Well, I knew, you know, obviously you won that many games in a row. You're going to come behind some. Obviously, not all in the ninth inning or whatever, but you're going to come back in the later innings and take the lead. But uh, I do remember, you know, Kelvin Herrera was throwing the ball incredibly well for Kansas City at that time. But I knew we had the right guys coming up. And if we could just get some, get somebody on base, uh, you know, it just seemed like something was going to happen. And then sure enough, you know, you got a guy like Frankie Lindor at the plate. You know, that's that's the guy you want up there. And he, he I mean, he got a pretty good pitch to hit and he didn't miss it. And um and the, the, I'd say another staple of, uh, of good Terry Francona baseball teams is, is guys run the bases extremely well. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was Eric Gonzalez who scored the tying run or the, the tying run in the ninth. I think it was Gonzo. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Gonzo. And I'm sure, I mean, he was, he was off to the races and, and so, you know, it's just watching that. And then, you know, a guy like Jose Ramirez coming up in the 10th and, you know, gets a base hit to center field and he doesn't rest on it. I mean, he's thinking two out of the box and kind of catches Lorenzo Cain off guard. And it was just a straight hustle play, super gutsy play. And it paid off. Um, and then the, the acquisition of Jay Bruce, uh, super pro great player. Um, you know, it was just as soon as, as soon as Hosey got that hit, we knew we were going to win. Uh, I'd say we knew we were going to win once Frankie tied it up in the ninth, but uh, one thing I do remember about the ninth inning is uh, hanging a breaking ball to Brandon Moss, uh, who you know I've got a, a decent relationship with, and he just missed it. And Naquin caught it right in front of the fence. And I just remember thinking to myself, there's no way that I'm going to let this thing, I'm going to blow this thing. So after he popped that one up, I think I spiked the next four breaking balls in the dirt. <laughs> so you mentioned that, and – Gosh, the year before, you're in the biggest games you could possibly be in. You have the wonderful, the wonderful run in the postseason, and, and I'm sure uh, that can't be topped. But what kind of pressure did you feel in, in that last inning of this game with, with this unbelievable streak going on, and, and you're trying to make sure it stays tied at that point? Well, I, I think in those moments, you don't really get caught up in the, in the pressure of it until maybe you allow yourself to. And so obviously when, when Brandon hits that ball, you know, 407 feet, you know, to center field, um, you know, you're, you're not in a pressure spot until maybe the ball comes off the bat. And then you're, you're just praying that the ball doesn't go out. 
And so, but after that, you know, you're, you're back to playing baseball, but that's one of the, that was just one of the things that, that kind of stuck out to me in that moment of, you know, it's you know, kind of the game of inches type thing, right? You know, if, if, you, if he hits that ball a little bit closer to the sweet spot, you know, that thing's in, in Heritage Park. But, um, you know, going back to the pressure stuff, I mean, it was just one of those things where every time you stepped on the field, you knew you were out there with the whole team. You know, you, you weren't you weren't out there by yourself and you guys were going to figure out a way to do it as a club and do it together. And, and so that – that kind of took all of the pressure off of each pitch. And in your spot as a late-inning relief guy, uh, you may have been done after the 10th if the game kept going. You might have been been brought out. Uh, what was the situation for you? Were you done, and, and was there a thought of going up into the clubhouse, or did you hang out in the, in the dugout for the end? You know what? I think I, I can't really recall, but I think I was done. Um, you know, cause I'm pretty sure whoever started that game, uh, they went deep and we had a pretty fresh pen. Uh, so I think I was done, but I do remember I was in the dugout, uh, when, when Jay hit the double to, to end the game. But, uh, if I do recall correctly, I believe, I, I believe Tito and, and, uh, was bringing somebody else in. And Cody, just to, to close, I, I don't know if, if guys would still talk about it three years later when they get together, but, uh, certainly for, for those three weeks, uh, what was the bond like in that clubhouse as things continued to to build and transpire, and, and all of a sudden you're you're approaching twenty wins and more? You know, in the moment, I don't think guys really, or at least me, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think you really felt like guys knew what was really going on. Uh, we just knew we were playing really good baseball, and we had won a lot of games. And because our ultimate goal wasn't to win uh, X amount of games in a row, it was to to punch our ticket to the playoffs and go win a World Series. And and ultimately, we fell short of that goal. But um, I think just staying in the moment and focusing on our on the process at hand and and getting ready for the next day, um, you know, we kind of looked back and we were like, oh, you know, after it was done, and even after the season, going to the next season, we kind of looked back and we're like, dang, that was that was a pretty cool moment. That was something that. That's pretty special. And, um, you know, I think it took some time away from the game to kind of realize the, the gravity of what had just happened. That's Cody Allen, the Indians' career saves leader, who is now with the Texas Rangers, hoping to have a comeback season after injuries slowed him a year ago. So that's our look back at win number eight of the 22-game streak, a rare close one. And if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, May the 12th, don't forget to tune in tonight to the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network and Indians.com for Game 9 of the streak as the Indians play Game 2 of that doubleheader in Detroit. That'll do it for this episode of The Streak. Thanks going out to Brian Matze and Bob Coates at iHeartMedia for their production help. Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR. And also thanks to Cody Allen for stopping by. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you next time on The Streak. The Indians! Historical Streak! marches on thanks for listening to the streak podcast the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in indians and baseball history your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the cleveland clinic indians radio network